Be not thou therefore shamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. That was 2 Timothy 1.8. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Thinking Well Podcast. I'm Kyle. And I'm Tom. Uh, so we are back again this week. Uh, we did a, a testimony episode with uh, Brother Ryan Reeves not too long ago. Uh, we're going to try to kind of do some testimony episodes. I know that was kind of our first one, but I, as we talked about when we when we did that one, it, it's really powerful and important to hear other believers' testimonies and just what we can take away from it and how God gets the glory in so many different situations that we face in our life. Uh, this week, um, we have the privilege of having my, actually my older brother, um, Pastor Tim Plemons, and uh, I'll... Uh, I'll kind of let him introduce himself, and then Tim, as soon as you uh, as soon as you get done, we'll we'll jump into it if that's okay. That's fine. Hi guys. How's it going? Say hi. What up? <laughs> so I'm Pastor Tim Plemons of Marshall Baptist Church in Marshall, Wisconsin. I've been here since April of 2019 as co-pastor, and then in May of 2020. I was installed as the senior pastor, and we've been going strong since then, uh, looking forward to what the Lord has next uh, for us in the coming year. So, um, Tim, I think, so yours is a, yours is a story that I don't think many people will have the privilege of hearing, and uh, it's, uh, after after they hear it, a lot of th- I think a lot of people may associate with it or uh, gain some knowledge from it. So why don't we start kind of um, your, your your initial profession of faith, and then kind of work up um, I guess to to where you're at now, if you want to start there. Sure. So grew up in a Christian home my whole life. Uh, parents were in the ministry and. Um, we were living in Mazan, Illinois at the time. And uh, at the age of eight years old, uh, I made a profession of faith. Uh, we always grew up having, uh, if you would, uh, family devotions. And I remember uh, dad talking about uh, salvation and hell and and things of that nature. And um, I remember it just, I didn't, I did everything that he said to do except the part that it needed to be, you know, heartfelt. And it sure wasn't a part of that. It was just basically um, head and not heart. And uh, so from there on, I, I str- we went to Germany and I struggled. The biggest part that I struggled with uh, after that was fear, worry, um, never could get really any kind of control over it. I remember, Tom maybe remember this, that there were times when nighttime would come and we lived so close to some kind of base, I just can't remember what it was, but the planes would always fly over. And I always creep into uh, where he was sleeping because we shared a room and I sleep at one end of the bed and he sleep at the other end of the bed uh, simply to be near uh, someone. I, I do remember uh, that. I didn't realize that was why you did that. Huh. Yep, I was totally wow. fearful 
of bombs dropping, the world ending, whatever it may have been. That's that was my fear. Uh, then I we continue to do things, stay active, handing out uh, what we would consider. We put uh, tracks in mailboxes in Germany, which we, you are allowed to do. And uh, remember doing that, being very active in things of that nature. Uh, I even remember being baptized at the age of 10 in a swimming pool there in Germany. Why I waited two years, I don't know. I think it's because I'm just still totally fearful of water as a whole. Um, I think that was the biggest thing uh, about all that. Uh, went through my teen years. I was a very, mm, Tom would probably even attest to this, very goody-goody. Uh, not saying that I was ultimately awesomely good, but mm -hmm. I was, I felt like I was better than my brothers because I did not get in as much trouble as they did. That's um, that's why whenever we were going to get in trouble, we made sure Tim went with us. That way he couldn't tattletale on us. Gotcha. Good strategy. Well, yeah. not, <laughs> well, it wasn't only that. I basically acted as their conscience as well. Uh, always worrying, oh, we need to be home on time, guys. Fearful, you know, uh, not straying too far away from home uh, simply because I wanted to be near home. Uh, always things like that. Just... I think the biggest issue was fear and worry for me and anxiety. Um, I would worry so much sometimes that I would make myself sick. Um, and that was during my teenage years. And then I remember at the age of 13, weird as it may seem, I had a dream one night. Uh, I was with my dad on a missions conference trip and we were in Beeville, Texas. And Pastor Tim Stowe was the pastor of the church. And he had a missions conference. And I remember my dad preached a message down there. And uh, we went, we were staying in someone's house. I can't even tell you who it was, but I remember staying in this person's house. And uh, dad was sleeping on the floor. And he had given me the bed that night. And I remember having this weird dream of being out on a lake that was foggy. And I was in a boat, fishing boat. And Grandpa Clemens was in the boat with me, and I had my Snoopy fishing pole. And uh, we were talking about whatever, but he simply mentioned, you need to go to Germany to help your dad out, like as a missionary. And um, I said, why? And then he wasn't there anymore. He's gone. So I kind of ran with that as a calling, which it wasn't, but I'm just saying that's what I felt it was a calling to go into the ministry, <clears throat> excuse me. And then we, uh, from there, I decided to, at the age of 17, I had to come home to the States and uh, went to uh, Oxford Baptist Institute in so, Oxford, Mississippi. Let me jump in here real quick. Um, yep. just, just for our listeners and for Kyle's sake, I will say that I do remember you um, – being like fearful all the time and especially during um would, would it have been desert storm in 1990 early 1990s right yep. um i remember yep. you like being petrified anytime petrified. we were around yep. anyone of uh, a certain nationality like you would always be like oh you can't just stop speaking english only speak german um yeah, right. and, yep. and i guess i, I guess yep. based on your testimony now like that makes so much more sense to me um, because then I, I kind of thought it was like 
Tim, you like stop freaking out all the time, man. Like, but yep. in in light of of what you're talking about now, like you were fearful for your life because yep. you didn't, and you can stop me if I'm wrong, but based on what you've said so far, it's just you didn't know really what your eternal destiny was. That was the biggest thing, and plus, I wasn't trusting God at all. Not one bit. Yeah, so you didn't matter. have you didn't have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you to kind of help right. you through to that guide fear and those trust. times, right. or, or that that peace, right? The assurance, right. exactly, yeah. Yeah. exactly. Now that makes wow so much of so much of like being around you in our childhood. I, I don't know if I'm just a horrible brother that I'm like hearing all this now or what, but uh, uh, so much of being around you in our childhood now makes. Uh, I can see through a different lens. Uh, that that's that's kind of amazing. I, I had no idea, man. I can say this. I can say this. I was a pretty good actor. So I put on a pretty, I put on a pretty good face. Uh, I remember when Dad and then we're getting ready to leave Arkansas to go back north, and I remember Dad pulling me out on that dra- uh, gravel driveway out there in. Uh, Remember the uh, Belleville, okay. whatever the name of the town is, there in, in Arkansas, out there, Bellevue Baptist Church. Okay, yeah. I and uh, Ethel, Arkansas, Ethel. And uh, he pulled me out there on that gravel driveway and he says, Tim, are you really sure that you're, you want to go to college, you know, if you want to go to seminary school? And I hesitated. I hesitated. And I'm thinking in my in my head, I'm like, I really don't want to do this. I want to go back with you guys. You know, in my head, that's what my head was saying. But I knew oh, I like was back to Germany? supposed to stay. Yeah, go back to Germany. Okay. okay. Or not going so, to not go to school at all. Oh, so this is like, so we had brought you back to the States and this was dad, this was you getting ready to leave because, you know, you were 18 and you couldn't, you know, yes. based on the yes. way that mission work works right now. Like that's kind of the time that missionary kids come back. Um, right. So you were standing outside of that church and okay, that makes sense now. I just, I just, cause we, I think you and I know what we're talking about, but, um, yeah, this is the time in his <laughs> life where we were going back to Germany as a family. He was going to stay here cause he was 18. Um, okay. Well, it, it sounds Could like the decision, it sounds like the decision was, do I go to seminary and go back as a support at my own missionary, but to support yeah. the family. Yeah. So it sounds like, he, you know, Tim, it sounds like you were struggling with that. Um, when you were asked, hey, do you actually want to take this this really big step forward to, you know, enroll in seminary and go down this road where it seems like from from what I can tell kind of outside looking in that that was kind of a, a threshold. It was a huge decision. Uh, a part of me, I mean, I'd already I think I had preached a couple of times at that point. But even as I look back now after being saved for as long as I've been saved and then look back on those earlier times, I'm like, what was I doing? Um, but I, I enjoyed seminary school. Uh, when I, when I went to seminary school, I, I saw some hypocrisy, Hmm. uh, going on in the school. Uh, Tom and I both know that we grew up not going to movies, uh, going to the theater or anything like that. And so, of course, my goody-goody self uh, kind of wanted to be a little bit of a rebel. 
at that time and somebody asked me if I wanted to go to the movie theater with them and it was one of my own college you know buddies who was also studying for the ministry let's go to a movie and so we went to a movie and it was like wow this is really cool what's so bad about this and uh but as I progressed in my I remember the worst class the class I hated the most if I can say it this way was speech class hmm. I hated sermonizing I, I hated trying to stand in front of people, uh, especially in a class setting like we were doing, because you always had to like do a three-point outline, of a song and a poem kind of thing. And you always had to bring something forth. I hated, I remember the first time that when you guys left in my very first class, one of my second or third classes that I had was evangelism class. I remember just weeping because I was supposed to give my personal testimony of salvation and I just couldn't do it. Hmm. Wow. Um, so I made it through that. I, I did excellent in all my classes except for speech class. And I remember going to Missionary Baptist Seminary, which is the headquarter college, if you would, or seminary school of the American Baptist Association in Little Rock, Arkansas. And uh, I went there because the pastor that I was living with at the time had actually requested that I go to his alma mater. And I said, sure. Uh, they took care of all my bills because I went to that school. Okay. Um, and I was only there for half a semester because then Tom came home. Tom came back to the States. And so I moved north in January of 1997. 1997 and I know that Mazan Baptist Church there had a small little institute. It was Tom, myself, Jason, and I think Kelly Young at the time. So we're all re- real quick. Do you think me coming back to the states um, and you kind of dropping out after that semester? Do you think that was like um, like an escape for you? Was it like, oh, here's my opportunity? Um, did, did you see, did, do you think retrospectively you saw it as that or were you just, did, did you just want to be up? Did you just want to be up the up North with me? Cause I was home. Both. Okay. Um, I saw family was coming home and that I could be with family, but also, um, dropping out when I moved up there after not very long being up there that I saw it as a way out. Okay. And I remember for the longest time. Uh, working so many different hours at my jobs at the job that I had that I would miss a Sunday evening service or or um, I would miss a Wednesday evening service because of work whatever it was and it really didn't phase me uh, it really didn't bother me that much and then I don't know later on I, th- I don't even know I think at the age of 21, it kind of just went downhill. Um, I went off into alcoholism. Uh, I wasn't, people say, well, you were just a social. No, I was, if I retrospectively look back at all of it, I was an alcoholic. Um, One of those things when one of my friends, I moved, uh, I, like Tom knows, I escaped again, I ran from every bit of the responsibility that I had. And I went, I moved to Oregon for eight months and just to run away from all of it. 
and I got into a church out there and it kind of, uh, I don't know how to put it. It kind of turned me around, but you know, it was one of those morale things, I guess. When I look back on it morally, uh, I quit smoking and I quit drinking. I had one of my friends that I was, uh, friends without in Oregon, he told me, he says, Tim, I love you. You're my buddy, you're my brother, but you drink more than I do. And so when he said that to me, I kind of like put a kibosh on it and stepped away from it. Um, moved back to Illinois and worked in the church for a long time. Got married in 2009. Oh, hang on. Hang on, let's not just breeze over that section. Over what section? Over you getting married. Oh. <laughs> like, let's not just breeze I, over that. Um, r- yeah. r- real quick, um, b- before you get to the you get married part, it, you've, you've said a lot, um, playing the part, um, able to be a good actor. Do you think that being a, a a pastor's kid, a missionary's kid, do you think that that played into your ability to do that? Um, or, or do you think it was just something that kind of came out of necessity for you to be able to play that role? No. Uh, it was because I was a pastor's kid, a missionary's kid. Okay. I, I knew all the right things to say. I knew all the things not to do. Um, so it was easy to play that role because I'd been doing it for so long. Hmm. Um, I remember the pastor in Oregon saying, after I'd been there for maybe four or five months, I remember him telling me, he says, when you first came, I was watching you because I always tend to watch those that say they're a pastor's kid. And he said, I know you're struggling with something, but I just don't know what it is. But he says, I know that there's something wrong and you need to get it right. And I kind of just delved into serving in the church there uh, with like, I wrote their Easter play. Um, I wrote, I helped with their Christmas play. Um, So I did those things and was involved in singing specials. I didn't teach really any Sunday school or anything like that, but I was involved as much as I could be involved um salve myself so you kind of covered up his perception of something being wrong in your life with over compensating service yes huh yes i, I wonder how many uh, of us i wonder how many of us fall into that trap well, like i, can, I know I there i know there's that. something wrong in my life yeah. right let me see what I, even if it's not a, sal, a salvific thing, right? Like even as, as born again Christians, I wonder how many of us are like, just so no one sees what's, what I'm struggling with in my life. I wonder what I can get involved in, in the church. Let me, let me see if I can compensate for that so that nobody thinks something's going on. I, I wonder how many of us as Christians fall into that, um, trap or that, like you said, Tim, that salve. Oh, no, ahead, no, Kyle. no doubt. I mean, I, I can relate to that personally, right? Where, you know, you're, you're so backslidden, but you have obligations at the church. But instead of just surrendering to Christ, like you should, 
for whatever reason, call it, you know, ignorance, just being young, whatever, you choose to prolong the lie, which just gets it just gets heavier and heavier, mm. especially when you're trying to juggle both, trying to be on two sides of one fence. And it's, um, you know, we'll get to it eventually. You know, our, our listeners will definitely hear it. I like to do an episode where, uh, you know, Tom and I individually do our, our uh, testimonies, but you can't do it. It'll come crashing down. It becomes too heavy at one point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, sorry, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off, Tim. I just thought that was a really good, like, key point there. I think, like I said, regardless of, of what, what you're dealing with at a spiritual level, man, Christians, we, we, do, well, we do that a lot. It reminds me of the verse in Romans chapter 2 verse 14 and 15 where it says for when the gentiles which have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law these having not the law are law unto themselves which show the work of the law written in their hearts their conscience also bearing witness Mm -hmm. and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another yeah and so my conscience was either i was doing things to excuse the other things that the Holy Spirit was actually working on me in, that I was trying to excuse it away like, no, that can't be it because of what took place when I was eight years old. There's mm-hmm. no way possible that I'm lost because of this back here when I was eight. Yeah. So that's how I, that's how I excused all those things. And then when that period of time when I got back and I can't remember I think it was June of 2004, I came back to the Illinois and then all that stuff transpired even after that, that there were some things in my life that just, I taught Sunday school, you know, I, I taught, I, I preached on occasion. Yeah, um, I remember you preaching. I, I, sometimes I felt like I was winging it. Sometimes I felt like I was uh, just... I wasn't really doing the in-depth. I w- it felt like it was all surface. Oh yeah, our, our our pastor calls those saucer sermons. They're only as deep as a saucer. There's no actual depth to them. <laughs> There's no depth. Yeah, and I even go. I even went back. I was I was going through stuff the other day, and I found some of those old sermons on paper, and I'm like, really? Wow, Tim. <laughs> did they, did they, uh, were, that, was that the, was it one of those things where they kind of ticked all the boxes of what it takes to be a good biblical sermon, but there was oh, none of the personality the, or the personal conviction in it? Most definitely. It had the three points and it had a couple of quotes and it looked really nice. Hmm. And it had a real catchy title, you know? Uh, but I'm just, but now, I mean, I look back now and the messages I'm preaching now, and I'm like, huge, huge difference uh, between those and these that I preach now. Yeah. Um, okay, so getting back to where we were at. Yeah. So um, marriage. Let's not let's not skim over that. And again, we're, we don't we don't need the entire story. But it it was a very unique and and I mean, even from my perspective. Whether God was leading you or not, it was a God-led situation for sure. Yeah, uh, I met my wife uh, through Facebook. We started conversing um, over Facebook, and then I started calling each other uh, from about January 
one till about uh, February. Let's just put it this way. We start talking, we both, <clears throat> excuse me, we both said to one another, don't fall in love with me. Okay, that was, so, that was but our this is help. another pastor's kid, right? <laughs> yes, she is another, she's a pastor's daughter. And I didn't like her dad at the time, uh, but that's okay. I love the man now. He's like one of my mentors and, and dearest friends. Uh, just in case he's listening, right? But <laughs> yes, uh, I doubt it. But I'm just, I'm just going to keep his name out of it. No, I gotcha. uh, So, um, I'll put it this way: I never expected to have a wife that is extremely perceptive. Uh, that is in tune with the Holy Spirit enough that she knew something wasn't right. Even after we first got married, she knew something wasn't right. So, she just couldn't put her finger on it. So January to February, uh, right? That's when y'all were talking. January to February. So then what happened? It was all talking. Okay. It's all talking. Uh, and then dad was like, why don't you just go visit her, see if you want to, see if you think this is going to work not you know nothing game nothing you know whatever and i said i remember telling him the night before i flew out february 20th before i flew out that night before i told him said dad if i fly out there i'm coming back with her and uh i remember flying out there on february 20th uh, she was waiting for me at the airport i had the engagement ring with me i basically put it on her finger in her car in the airport parking lot. Nice. Wow, you're um, such a romantic. I would have married yeah, you right there. Well, I'm, I made up for it. I made up for it after we moved to Montana. We moved to Montana in 2000. We got married the next morning. Don't skip morning. too far ahead. Hang on. There you go. Yeah. Got married so the got next married morning. What's that? You said you got married the next morning? February 21st. So I flew in February 20th, seeing her for the first time face-to-face, uh, we wrote our marriage vows that night, um, got up the next morning, all of her stuff was at the, I stayed in a room upstairs in this house we were at, the, the pastor Zeiler, his house, and went to the church, uh, locked the doors, it was just her parents, the pastor and his wife, and the flower girl, and us, we got married and unlocked the doors, had a very quick reception with the church members of that church out there and drove back to Illinois. Drove back. Drove back. From, from where yes. was this? Uh, Missoula, south of Missoula, Montana. Montana to Illinois. How long a trip was that? Three days. And the first night we stayed in a hotel in Billings, Montana, and we were robbed. Wow. Somebody smashed out the window of our car while we were sleeping and stole the safe that had her social security card and some uh, family heirlooms and uh, her passport and stuff like that. So, of course, when I went out to the car and saw that and then came back in and told her because she didn't know me, that well she thought I was messing with her and I said no I'm being serious we just got we, we've been robbed <laughs> like hey this is our honeymoon morning like are you tell are you are you messing with me right now <laughs> right and so the first 
I think we, we since everything was closed because in Montana they have blue law, so nothing opens until noon and it's a Sunday. So we had to get a trash bag from the one of those big black trash bags from the church, uh, from the hotel that we were staying at, and we taped it as best we could. We drove from there, Billings, all the way to Rapid City, South Dakota, yelling the whole way because of the wind whip of us driving as fast as we were driving. And so basically we have said and told people we got all of our yelling out in the three days that it took us to get back to Illinois because that's funny. (laughs) I haven't yelled at her or she hasn't yelled at me the whole time we've been married 14 years. That sounds lame. Well, that's that's super interesting, Tim. You know, it's a lot of people, you know, you you see these very long engagements and I got to tell you, I don't know if I completely understand Right. I understand getting to know somebody. You want to court them biblically and understand what they're about and make sure it's the right person. Because you're because the, the goal is to do that one time, right? You want to make sure you yep. get the right person. But the other side of it is, you know, if you're saving money, I, I can kind of understand that other aspect of it. But the years and the years that go into planning and, and being engaged for that long, I, 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 can, I can never say that I completely understood that, right? And it's just one of those things right. where I think – you know, if you guys are, are both on the same page and if God's in it, why can't it not be overnight? Why, why, why does it have yeah. to be years, right? If it's, you're right, if God's leading you in that direction or if God is part of that person in your life, which I which sounds like that's your, you know, the reason, Tim, that's, that's the testimony there. You know, she definitely was was put there by God to, to, to be a testimony to you, to, to help you. Yeah, I mean, I can I can completely understand that, right? When it's right, when God, when God is involved. Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't need years. You don't need months. Yeah. Well, and God and God doesn't even have at, at that point. God didn't even have to be involved in his life directly that way, right? God was leading her. Yeah, he was using her. Yeah, and and through that, wound up blessing Tim's life in in a way that that he couldn't have imagined in God's grace, right? Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, Tim, I thought you were insane, man. I, th- I thought you'd full on gone. I, I thought you'd full on gone gone off the deep end. Like I, I would have never pegged that for for you to ever do that because you were such a planner and like everything for you had like this. Maybe it was because of all the fear that you dealt with, you know, growing up and and part of your adult life that like everything had you had a plan for everything and everything had this set order to it. And there's nothing wrong with that, but like it just it blew me away. When you did that, like I, I, I literally had no idea that's how, that's what that's what was going on then. I'll put it this way: at the time that it happened, and at the time we got married, I did not know for sure how God was going to work it all out. Because as a lost person, that was the last thing on my mind. You know? Oh yeah, I guess uh, I never thought of it from that direction either. Like what that must have felt like. But, but God knew because ultimately, I look back on our life now, excuse me, and seeing how much of an influence she was and is still in my life, that God, God sure was gracious through her to me. Uh, because she ultimately challenged me on everything that was going on in my life personally. She goes, why do you have this? Why is this going on? Why did you say this? Why are you doing this? This does not add up here. 
as being a Christian and someone who is training for these things ought not to be. Huh. It's constant challenge, you know, constant challenge. And I think I, I, I know that God put her in my life to influence my life for the good, to bring me to that place of coming to the realization that I needed, that I was an unbeliever, that I needed to be saved. Uh, and so I'm thankful you got married, you came back because of that. So you got married, you came back. Yep. What then? So it wasn't long. <clears throat> uh, had our first child. And the following year into Kerrigan, and we flew, we flew to, we didn't fly, sorry. We went to Montana the following year in May for a conference. And I remember going there and kind of out of my element. It's Montana. And you didn't have a cowboy the, hat with you? I didn't have what? You didn't have a cowboy hat with you? <laughs> yeah. Not only that, but they, they, they it's just totally uh, not used to the way they did things. Okay. And I remember that when the conference was almost over, I remember coming to my wife and I told her, I said, we're coming back here. We're moving here. We're going to come back here. And it's simply one of those things that I don't know truly if it was the Lord's leading, but the Lord was about to put me through severe boot camp, trying to get me to the place, to the place where I knew that I was lost or something wasn't totally right. And so I remember going back home to Illinois and I remember laying in bed one night and I was just struggling. I, I remember my wife was like, what's wrong? And I said, I'm struggling with something and I can't put my finger on it. I said, I don't know 100% sure if I'm really saved. And she's like, you need to call somebody. So I called somebody and I talked to that person and that person took me back to when I was eight this is what took place. Okay. Even though when I came back and said to that person, okay, I got it. I kind of just let it go. Hmm. I had that person reassure me that I was saved, but I still had doubts. Even after all that. Yeah. And it, it would, there was that nagging underlying I still had fear. I still had worry. I had anxiety still really bad. But I remember when we got to Montana, um, things just didn't change. They kept being the same. And if anything, things kept getting more and more hard to do. Um, I don't know how to explain it. Like just harder to keep up the facade or? The facade, yes. Very difficult to keep up the facade. Hmm. Um, uh, the, it was just, it was getting more difficult. Uh, it was getting harder. The questions were still there. Um, and nobody was really answering them. So. And I wasn't, and I wasn't finding the answers. All right, we're going to take the opportunity and split the episode right here. Be sure and tune in next week 
and we'll finish this interview with uh, Pastor Tim Plemons and take another plunge in thinking. <laughs>